Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Great to have you with us this Friday afternoon on Late Lunch here on LMFM Radio. Busy Friday show as usual. And don't forget, we have your our TV theme competition to come. So keep your ears peeled. Can you guess the TV theme for a nice prize on Late Lunch today? And of course, we have a regular comedy, Sport Look Ahead with David Sheehan and more. Besides, we will be remembering uh, the late Deirdre Parcel with Patricia Scanlon in a while too. But we begin today with names. Yes, a new survey out with a very interesting analysis because did you know that there are names in Ireland, these are Christian names we're talking about, boys and girls, that have really stood the test of time and remain consistently popular while there are others that have gone altogether and some that are certainly on the wane. Well to tell me more, I'm joined on the line by Lars Anderson from My Name Tags. Hello Lars again. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Having me on your show. Not at all. You're very welcome, and great to have you with us this afternoon. This um, survey uh, reaches back a bit in time. In fact, uh, it, it goes back fifty years. Yes, we, we we see all these sort of name surveys about what is the popular name last year, and so on. So, what we thought was we should go a lot further back in time. Mm. Uh, and effectively look in the over the last fifty years. What are the names that that stay that that it, we used in, in Ireland fifty years ago and we still use them, they're still popular and they've really sort of stood that test of time. Uh, maybe names that you can be confident to give your your baby and, and names that will stay on for another fifty years. 27 names have uh, um, remained in the top 100 most popular names since 1972. That's a great testament, isn't it, to those names? Yes, yes. No, it's, 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 uh, you know, there are a lo- number of, of classical names, uh, a combination, really. There are quite a number of traditional Irish names that stayed, stayed uh, throughout. Uh, and... Uh, and we've seen, I think, some of the names like, you know, Mary, Catherine, names I would have expected to be on the list have, have sort of fallen out. Yeah, they have in indeed. And, you know, uh, you mentioned some of them there and there are more besides, you know, the popular ones, Mary, Catherine, Margaret dominated the charts back in the 70s. Then into the 90s, you saw the likes of Sarah, Emma and Laura being very prominent, but they've all slipped back. Yeah, so some of them were just about in the names, in the lists in, yes. uh, 50 years ago. So so uh, names like Laura and, and Sarah, they were just about scraping in 50 years ago. And now they are they are uh, probably more, slightly more popular. And yeah, you know, so we, we do see some changes in that list. Yeah, you know the 27 you've published, are they in popularity order from 1 to 27, Lars, or are they in any particular no, they're, order? they're alphabetical. So, so, oh, yes. So it is yes. varied. Most of them go up and down a little bit. So, yeah, so, um, so we have, 
out of those those 20 names, we have 18 boys' names and only nine girls' names. So it looks like with with boys' names, we're a little bit more traditional maybe and with girls names we might be a little bit more adventurous and daring we we give our our, our baby girls names names that are maybe a little bit from a slightly wider range we'll go with those those kind of top 100 names again and again okay so the boys are generally pretty sorted as you say steady in terms of the names but it seems that uh, parents will take a chance and go with different trends etc with the girls names just to mention those nine names for listeners that uh, remain consistently uh, from 1972 to 2021 in the top echelon they are in alphabetical order as Lara said Anna Aoife Kira, Elizabeth Emma Laura Maria Neve, and Sarah that's them that's the nine Lars and, you know, that's a small number compared to the boys. When you see the list of boys' names, there are so, so many there. Let me ask you this. Do you feel that, you know, um, when you talk about trends in life, and you know the way we have so many uh, social media influencers now today, those factors will have to be factored in going forward, won't they, in terms of influencing n- new names and traditional names too? Yeah, I think it, it's... We, we get so much sort of influence now from social media, from from Netflix shows, etc. And those we see those uh, come in. So so if there's a very popular uh, TV show, if there's a very popular Netflix show, it we we see those names come in. You know, there were we had Khaleesi's uh, from from Game of Thrones. Uh, sort of uh, be very popular uh, Mm. for a while and then it's sort of dying down a little bit so so we do get probably more uh, more of those ideas from social media whereas in the past probably we looked more to family uh, grandparents great grandparents uh, to to find those names Mm. Uh, I think of Britney Britney Spears there were a load of Britneys at one stage and there you have an influence from a a, a music superstar Lars so that's that's another factor too Sports stars, music stars, uh, you know, we can, we, we pick up a lot of, lot of different ideas. If we love that, that musician, uh, it's easy to think, oh, my child uh, will be as popular or as, as wonderful make as, as great music at this person. Uh, so we copy them. Uh, but names are also going in, in and out of fashion. I think we, mm. we have, you know, as, as you, we mentioned, you know, the Marys and the Catherines, the the names that were really, really popular, and they've sort of slightly fallen out of fashion recently, mm. uh, and they probably will come back uh, when when they sort of go down a little bit, and then they they come back, and we we start to think, oh, that's actually a very nice name, but I don't know many people call that um, now, and and then they come back, and we we have another go at it. Mm. The other thing is, um, when you talk about handing on names, grandparents' names, uh, father and mother names as well, is that a thing that's, would you say, um, not as prominent today? I think it's still a very important trend Mm. uh, to to look at, uh, to look at family, but but I think more and more we are being bombarded with with all these uh, cultural ideas very popular names so if there's some some other name that is kind of going around uh, constantly 
uh, as we are thinking, pondering what to what to name our, our, our baby, then I think we are more likely in the last kind of 20 years to, to pick out those cultural uh, popular names uh, rather than rather than family so so it's family still important but not as important as it as it once was mm, and sporting stars as well i mentioned the music industry influencers i'm just thinking of rory McElroy. Uh, i'm sure there's going to be a lot of rory's around we have rory is actually on on our list it is it has been a, a consistent name but but i'm i'm sure that in the last few years uh, yeah he has definitely been been, been supporting the the, the, the name uh, for for new for new babies. When I look at the list of twenty seven names as well, something else struck me. Do you know the way names are shortened? My, I was christened Gerard, but everybody calls me Jerry, right? The abbreviation. And when you look at the list, I look at some of the names. For example, Daniel would be called. Dan, David, Dave, Elizabeth, Liz, Joseph, Joe, uh, Patrick, Pat or Paddy, Michael, Mick and Robert, Rob or Bob. Do you think that puts off uh, parents naming children or giving them those names, even though they're on this 27 list? Do you think it might be a consideration for some people? It's it's definitely a sort of question. Do you do you call them... Uh, do you give a, give your your child a name that where you know that they will have a, a nickname and, yeah. and some people like that some people prefer not to. I think one of the trends that we have seen is that we have more nicknames on the list. So so in uh, in our first list 50 years ago there was just one uh, uh, name John that was uh, kind of a shortening. Uh, possibly for other names, whereas now we have 32 in the latest one. So mm. there are more Bobbies, Harrys, Alfies uh, already on the list. And maybe you're right, maybe in the future, maybe we will have, instead of being Elizabeth, they might be Lizards directly. Mm. Um, so we seem to go towards that, making it shorter, making it faster, yeah. uh, slightly more, for, uh, slightly less formal names. Yeah, but it still shows quite a consistency that there are 27 solid names there, nine and uh, the balance 18, nine girls, 18 boys for uh, 50 years. It it does say a lot as well about people, you know, not uh, taking a chance, as you said earlier, or maybe uh, being influenced by external influences. It's interesting indeed, it really is. I don't see my name on the list. Now, my producer, Louise, we're desperately disappointed we're not in the 27 Lars, but there you go. (laughs) I I have to say Lars is not on the list No, no, it's not Being in Norwegian it's it's a horrendously boring traditional (laughs) standard name I'm sure it will appear in the Norwegian list but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite exotic outside of Norway. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, Lars' dream is to be on the Irish list someday. But uh, is Lars, are you, would you be on the list back home? Is it a popular name? I, it was very popular. Uh, I think it might be one of the sort of gone the way of Mary. It was probably so popular that that uh, it was like top 10. So it might have, people might have sort of just, been horrendously bored by all these lasses so, so it's, it's it's moved off it's probably unfashionable these days mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know that's 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 the reason why i had to get out of norway and and, and start a an name label company instead so yeah, uh, absolutely anyway. <laughs> anyway thank you for joining me today and do check uh, lara's company out my name tag so useful across the board with children and looking after many of the essentials in life needed every day thank you for taking time to have a chat with me
Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Take care of yourself. That's Lars Anderson there. Well, Louise, we're not on the list, you or I, and we're severely disappointed that our names are not on the uh, 27 consistent list, we have to say. But there's another one, Louise. You know um, Piggy Blinders, the series, the yeah. famous series. Um, Killian Murphy played Tommy Shelby in the series. Tommy is rocketing up the charts. Mm. They can see that, you know, yeah, because yeah. of that. What and do you think? Well, like these are obviously over the 50 years, so it's averaging. Yes. But, I, you know, I'd say like Killian, you just mentioned Killian, like there's an awful lot of Killians around mm. in the last number of years. Um, and I was, when you were saying about the pop stars and that. Yes. Wasn't there, there was a time when that there was a lot of boys called Chesney. Yes. I yes. presume after Chesney Hawks. Uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would probably think so. There's an interesting one there coming in. My mum hates people calling me Greg, even though um, for short it, it says the message, uh, and she would go mad if you do if someone did it in front of her. That's from Gregory this afternoon. Thank you, Gregory. We'll oh, yeah. give you your full name, but Gregory's ma'am, and I understood that as yeah. well. My mother only ever called me Jared. Right. Yeah, you know, well, she and gave you the name, so. my, my sister does as well, but everybody else calls me Jerry. To be honest with you, what do you think of that abbreviation of the name? Do you think that people in, in, and are doing it now yeah. are calling children Dan? You know what I mean, Joe. Liz. They're Joe. using the sh- Joe yet the short version. Bobby. Yes, yeah, that is happening. Anyways. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it's the fashion trend. I think. Mm. Will instead of William. Yeah. Anything annoy you about your name or or have you an, an abbreviated name or do people call you a different name? Let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Oh no, I just think, it lo- you know, some people really have to think about names to give their kids because I just remember my cousin was going to name if she had a girl, Nina. Yeah. Until somebody said no, because in the playground, everybody, all the kids would be going, Nina, Nina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so you just have to kind of put a little bit of extra yeah. thought. You have to think about it. Mm. Britney, there's loads of Britneys. There there, is a lot. I don't know any Britneys though, do you? Oh, there's Britneys out there, isn't there? There has to be Britneys out there, for sure. Yes, I think I know one at least, perhaps two. And and you were talking earlier today to me, you were saying about the names Chardonnay mm. and Mercedes. Yeah, weren't they at a footballer's wives, I think? Right, so and there's a lot of people were calling the kids Chardonnay, Chardonnay, and Mercedes would be known as Merck, Merck for short. <laughs> <laughs> that name would be abbreviated. I know a Mercedes. Do you? Yes, and they the, called her CD. Did they call? Oh, CD. She's lovely. Oh yeah, mm. that's a lovely play mm. on that name as well. Here's the other thing that fascinates me, and I wonder does it ring a bell with listeners? Oh, it's you, Louise. Uh, my wife is Miriam, but that's not her name. What's her name? Jane. Her, that she was christened like Jane. Yep. And why do they call her Miriam? Don't know. Don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like that. I'm going to have to find it. So I never actually. Oh, was just... Miriam her second name? No. Nope. Like was it Mary? Jane Miriam. Mary. Oh. J M. Um. No. Nothing to do. And she's known as Miriam. Do you know anybody like that that has? Or is there anyone listening to us today that has been christened? A name, but call something entirely different. Anybody out there with that? Uh, I think my, my mother-in-law's name is Angela, but her real name is uh, Mary Patricia. And why do they call her Angela? I don't know. Never asked. Well, there you go. <laughs> We're puzzled by this. Anybody help us out there? Anybody with a name? That's not on the birth cert. You have a different name entirely. Why is that? We'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text it to the show. That has always fascinated me to wonder why that is the case. I was going to say about Angela. Do they call her Brangela, no? 
They call my kids call her Grandula. Oh, Granny! Gran- oh, I love that. Mm. I love that. That's a real Lovely, nice name. Yeah. It really, really is. But uh, certainly, there's no doubt now. I, I would say with the advent of social media in the last twenty years, you're going to see you know a huge influence from that area in uh, the names that children are christened going forward. Jerry, my mother-in-law is Mary, but she's called Eileen. Don't ask me why. Paul says, everybody knows me as zombie. Even my mother calls me that. I have no problem with it, says Paul. Good on you. Eamon says, I really get annoyed when people call me Amo Armando. It does annoy me, Jerry. And Margaret is called Mary, but with no explanation. Are you called something else, even though you're christened a name on your birth cert? Let us know. 086-1800-658 by what? WhatsApp or text. Donald Waters from Blackstone Motors has a smile from ear to ear today. Donald, congratulations. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Sorry, I'm smothered at the present moment. And uh, sorry, I was just listening to you there about my my father-in-law. His name is actually Patrick, but we call him Jim and James. So, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but but, 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 but anyway, getting back to the... Yeah, sorry, we won the Simi Awards uh, last night and uh, we're delighted. It's uh, it's, it's a great accolade for the, for the team in Drogheda. Um, it's very easy to sell a, a car, a new car, so that, but uh, we won the after-sales operation of the year and uh it's a great it's great for the team there uh you know um you know uh, to be uh, like acknowledged for our yeah. effort and excellence in the motor industry so yeah we're delighted Jerry yeah it is a great accolade Donald, and a great award to win because you you hit the nail on the head there the sale is the initial part of it but it yeah. is the support and follow up that people really judge uh, a car sales yeah. uh, room and, and garage on and that is a great award to win and I say again well deserved Donald congratulations to all of you yeah thank you very much like there was a stat done in the motor industry that people would prefer to go to the dentist than actually visit a motor dealership and get their car service you know because it's just because there's so many unknowns and you know questions to people like do we actually service the car and cars are getting more technical you know as mm. they uh, come into hybrid and electric cars and stuff like that as well they are mechanical they do break down and uh you know, we don't make them. We're there to fix them. And sometimes it it can be it can be rewarding. Something can be re, re, like relentless to a certain degree. But to be acknowledged by our peers and for the whole of Ireland. So this isn't just you know just Renault or, or, or Dacia or Opel or so that we're up against the big boys. You know, the Audis of this world, the BMW, the Mercedes dealerships of this world. You know, seven hundred dealers. And to, to walk away and even to be shortlisted for this is just is a huge a huge thing. And but every year. Uh, um, you know, okay, we, we won it back in 2015 for after sales and sales, but 2016 we were shortlisted, 17, 2018, 2020, 2022. So we're always chasing, we're always, uh, we're always want to excel to be the best and always learning stuff as well. So yeah, it, listen, it's, it's great for Blackstone, it's great for the team, you know, from our, our uh, you know, for for our uh, for our service technicians, uh, for our apprentices, our parts department, our service our service advisors, and for everybody there as well in the whole industry so yeah we are absolutely delighted you know and we're delighted because you are our show sponsors here late yeah. lunch on LMFM radio and you have been for a number of years and we yeah. join in the congratulations Great. and are delighted for your success as well and Donald Great. for you personally yeah. should people know your story uh, our yeah. uh, regular listeners to the show what happened to you uh, last year it must have been extra poignant for you last night it was yeah, and I said this to sorry afterwards when we actually picked up the award. It probably it could have been an award that it wasn't the uh, presence there, you know, uh, you know, picking up and. It, it, and I was just saying this to Noel, uh, who, who is my business partner. 
it's it's a great night to be there amongst your peers and people ever in the motor industry. I'm sure when you go to, uh, you know, a, a, like a, a radio award or so yes, that, yes. You, you know, you get talking to people that you don't see throughout the year or so yep. that. I think it was uh, very very special this year, uh, you know, to pick up the award and being able to be there uh, to, to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to pick up the award. Um, and it brings back to Tommy McFailham, who was a great guy, who was our service manager, group service manager. And this was once for Tommy. You know, we yeah. won it back in 2015. Tommy, unfortunately, passed uh, away a couple of years ago. And even that, you know, the signs that, you know, I had the misfortune last year, t- to be able to pick it up, it was just tremendous. Yeah, tremendous, Don. Well, listen, yeah. congratulations to one and all. Delighted to acknowledge you today. And the success continues at Blackstone Motors. S-I-M. I, after sales award winners in Ireland. Thank you, yeah. Donald, for joining me. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Bye. Take Bye-bye. care, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's the wonderful Donald Waters there. And congratulations to Noel and the crew there as well. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Well, 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 being christened one name and called something entirely different my word, it's certainly not isolated. There you go. Lovely to hear from Breda Malone this afternoon. Breda, hope you're doing well. An old badminton colleague of mine. Uh, yes, Jerry, I was christened Margaret Bridget, but everybody calls me Breda. Uh, Jerry, don't be complaining you're not on the list of those popular names. Think about this. How would you feel if you were called Etna? Never on a list or never in a song. Oh, Etna. Oh, me, a heart goes out to you this afternoon. With somebody out there, we've loads of songwriters out there. Write a song for Etna, come on. She has never been balladed or sung about in the past. Thank you for getting in touch with us. My friend is called Doris Jerry, but she was christened Margaret. Her mum just liked the name Doris, <laughs> as you do. Sure, we'll just call her Doris, never mind what she was christened. I love it. Patricia, I'm called Patsy. Don't mind it too much, says somebody else and so on they go. Thank you, you're so good. If you are called something else other than your christened name, do let me know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Are you ready? Are you ready? Listen carefully. I have a nice prize. Here we go. Great! I love TV. We watch TV. TV themes with Jerry Kelly on the late lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, in the news at the minute that TV show the theme that's it there from a very very famous TV show what's the name I'm looking for 086 1800 658 and I have a nice prize to send out to one of you this afternoon that's WhatsApp or text me 086 1800 658 if you know which TV show we're talking about that that theme is synonymous with now my next guest in the show joined me 
last year and we had a very interesting conversation about creativity and when I tell you she's planning a one day masterclass which incorporates creativity and more besides well perhaps you're somebody that's stuck in a rut at the minute feels they're looking for a new challenge etc etc well Monica Hoy is the woman to uh, work with you thanks for joining me again Monica Thank you, Jerry, for the chance to talk to you and to your listeners. Not at all. She's a well-known psychotherapist, mother and more besides, let me tell you. Just coming back to where we left off the last day, and it was all about creativity. Just to come to that point again, do you believe, Monica, that there are many people listening to us today that may feel they're, you know, stuck, stuck in a rut? Yes, I think that the last few years and that all we've had happen with lockdowns and uh, layoffs, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and there's a lot that's happened and we're all being forced to reevaluate and relook at uh, how we can sort of get into the driving seat of our lives. You know, when people are all doing things differently, things are all mixed up, you start a new job but it might be up in the bedroom or you're saying, I'd like to go into the office one or two days or I'd really like to do this as well. Do you know, I think that, uh, so I do think there's been a lot of re-looking at how things are and re-looking at how we might shape our lives. And I think particularly the younger 30-somethings, 20, 30-somethings are all thinking, yeah, well, I think, you know, I wouldn't mind, like I had a client recently who was saying, well, I'm going to do this SNA course because really I want to earn a bit bit of money so I can go to New Zealand and do a master class in diving. Mm. That's where to live now. You know, I think that more and more people are shaking things up a bit and being creative about what they might do. Mm. The, uh, the the one thing though I do know and I know this from talking to people as well they'll tell you they want to shake it up they possibly have a new idea they want to go a new direction but for one reason or another taking that first step Monica Absolutely that's why this is <laughs> this is why this is such a, a valuable course I think and in my work as a therapist I increasingly meet people who are saying oh I have this idea or really I'm a bit fed up you know or I'm maybe reach the top of where I can go with a company that I am and I really need to take a leap and set up my own business. So, yes, I think exactly. There's lots of people with lots of, lots of ideas, but we all need support, whether it's from a mentor or a group like this, to actually help you sort of figure out what is it that you want and uh, how might you get there. I, I mean, I have an ongoing group at the moment and people are getting a lot of support around you know well maybe I'd love to do this or maybe I'd love to do the other and then hearing other people as well say well actually you know have you tried this there's great support in a group you know Mm. and there's great support in actually sitting down and saying out loud what maybe you want to do Mm. and it really helps move people along I think that you're right that there's uh, people who are maybe have hunches or inklings of things but don't actually see them through and that's where a day like this will come in you know We've people listening to us today who have ideas, who may feel stuck, bored with their lives, you know, and don't want to stay in the rut that they're in. But the one big factor is, and you mentioned there, we've had the pandemic, we've had job losses, we've had the rise in the cost of living, rents, you know, you name it, utility bills, etc. And they say, jeepers, Monica, I'd love to do this, but God, I just can't take the chance and leave the money behind me. Is there a way of doing it that you prepare yourself that you're not going to be, you know, penniless? Yes. 
Well, I mean, there's lots of people who would have worked with me and stayed exactly where they are. I mean, I'm, I think there are already a couple of people coming to this who are already in jobs. Yes. But it's even just to allow them the chance to open up. Well, you know, maybe I would like to do that fashion design course or maybe I could do an evening class and something. You know, I don't want to, to people to take crazy risks with their yes, lives. Yes, but yes, yes. It's supporting that bit of creativity, you know, and the day job might be a lot better if you're actually doing something or volunteering with a charity or maybe getting yourself on a board. There are so many ways and whether it's that you want to stay where you are in the same job or if you're in a job or if you don't have a job, what would, what would you love to create for yourself? But I, you have to start with where you are. And I know that people have all sorts of reasons why not to do things and you know, so it's important to listen to those and take them seriously. Mm. Um, but I think that also people are moving away from, they're looking for more than the material. I think you and I talked about this the last time. That yeah. Yes, that this paycheck is good, but maybe you could do somewhere where there's a go somewhere. I, I had a client who was working quite a good job um, online and she decided, well, actually, she could save money if she moved and bought that, or rented that cottage in Leitrim where things are a bit cheaper and then pursue her passion. Yeah. You know, it's really prioritising what is it that you do want to happen in your life and to actually start to talk that out and then to find people who take you seriously and actually help you move it forward. Now, you've met people, I'm going to describe now, there are the delusional out there who think they're rocket scientists. I'm only making an analogy here. You know that type of person that, you know, and you think, oh, my God. But for most of us, our beliefs are self-limiting. You know what I'm talking about, Monica? We, We actually, you know, don't allow ourselves get out of the starting blocks. How do you, you know, get people, you know, that they, they do ultimately start to believe? Start to believe something else. Yes, yeah, start yeah. to believe that they have something, an idea, that, that they have abilities beyond what they're doing, that they have the potential, you know, to go and do something in their lives that they absolutely love and earn a living from, just for example. Exactly. Yeah. The first thing is um, to actually start to uh, help you figure out what these limiting beliefs are, in that often we don't actually know how we're holding ourselves back. Often, it's only when we start talking that actually we realise that we didn't think we could love something that we actually get paid for. Um, Or we didn't think that we were good at uh, technology or we didn't think we, you know, I don't want, this isn't just about going off and being a potter somewhere. This could be actually going off and running a very successful business somewhere. But it's about taking yourself seriously enough and to realise that those beliefs that maybe we've heard from home are um, holding us back. I went to a uh, business talk recently and this woman was saying that no matter what she said at home she got great support for and she's now um, running a big company because if she went home and said to her mother I'm going to be a ballerina when I grow up the mother would have said oh yes well sure we'll get you the shoes or we'll go to the charity shop and get you shoes but whatever she said I'm going to be an astronaut oh yes that would be fun and so many of us didn't get that and it's time now to give ourselves that and to really look at how we can um get the support we need to fulfil those aspirations and dreams. Why not, you know? Do you believe that there's greater potential from your work and your experience and all the people you've uh, encountered in your lifetime? 
within all of us is is there always potential to go that next step to do more to is there greater what I'm trying to say is the potential some people think ah look at I wouldn't be up to that or I haven't got that in me they dismiss themselves straight away but is that within all of us potentially yes and I I think that you know there's all that the research shows that we're not using the full potential of our intellectual brain we're not using the full potential of our creative brain, our emotional brain. There's so much more that we can uh, tap into. But why I think, given all the shake-up that societies have had, that it's a really good time to start tapping into our own ingenuity and resources. You know, that there's never been a better time to really start to design our own life and make it up for ourselves. You know, we used to have a certain way of living and, you know, when my, we were born in, up in the north, my mother would come down to Dublin, she saw people eating lunch at three o'clock. She'd be saying, why are they eating lunch at three? Why didn't they have their lunch at one? You know, everything now is up for grab. You know, you, you know, it's everything is can be reshaped, I think, because of the the changes that have happened and the collapses that we've happened, you know, and I'd much rather, there's so much fear be around about things and that... Uh, I'm much rather behind this kind of creative opportunities mm. that also exist now. Wouldn't the greatest thing to be in a position uh, later on in your life where you say you regret that you didn't? That must be the saddest thing ever. I know, I know. When I went off to do uh, travel at my early 20s years ago, people would say, oh, do it now, you'll regret it. I think it's never too late. You know, I did it back then, but, you know, I might do it again. You know, I think it's never too late. <laughs> yes. And yes, that is one motivating factor, you know, why don't you do it? Otherwise, you'll regret it. But I think it's more than that. I think, why don't you do it? Because it might be really fun and very satisfying. And I think that there's so many ways to feel satisfied, whether it's your paycheck, but whether it's really lining up with what you're good at and love doing, you know, and being in your flow, you know, that's really so satisfying. And uh, so, um, yes, and it is, there are people who maybe do regret, but I think that there's a lot of, people wanting to really get creative about their lives. Mm, there certainly is. And, you know, it's <laughs> never... I love when you say that. It is never too late. And that's the message to get out today. If you're sitting there, no matter what age uh, you are or what stage in your life, there's yeah. always the potential to change, to do something different, to, you know, move on and get out of that uh, little circle that you keep going around all the time. Exactly. When is this masterclass on? Tell us when and how can people... Fourth of March in Dublin in uh, this lovely space in the Fumbly uh, Cafe in Dublin Eight, um, and it's a lovely space and it'll be a very supportive space and fun. You know, I yeah. think we're most creative when we're having fun and when we're light, feeling light about ourselves. This isn't a heavy day, you know. Mm-hmm. It's about mm-hmm. um, throwing things up in the air, and you don't need to know what you want. But sometimes it's really good just to sit down and start talking about it. I met a woman recently who was at a workshop a few years ago. And because one of the things I do at the end of the day is I do like a cocktail party where you have a badge about where you are in five years time. And she said that the badge that she. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We had five years' time, and it was about working with senior women, about being more empowered in their work. And I met her the other day, and she says, Bonnie, can you know that workshop we did um, a couple of years ago with you? I am doing exactly what I had envisaged at that workshop. And I mean, likewise, I did a workshop in London. It was an infinite possibilities training I did with this guy, Mike Dooley. And I went round with a badge about transformation support. And I didn't even know what that was because it didn't really exist. And uh, here I am now supporting people um, with transformation. So I think, you know, so it's a really good thing to sit down and start to imagine what you might like. Yes. So that's on the 4th of March, Jerry. It's all on my website, um, monicahockey.ie. Um, and I'd be delighted to hear from anybody who's even wondering if it's for them. Yes, absolutely. Transformation is the word. It can happen in the company of lovely people. It'll be fun. It'll be a great old day. MonicaHawhey.ie. Check her out. Lovely to catch up with you again, Monica. Thank you, Jerry. All the best now. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, bye-bye. Monica Hawhey there. A fantastic lady. She really is. Late lunch, LMFM radio. Pantomime. Yes, it's... What is it? We're heading into March now. Pantomimes are usually Christmas time, New Year. No, 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 no. If you've missed out, you've got to stay with us on late lunch because it's all happening in Kells. Reminding you that uh, we have the big Premier League games live here on LMFM tomorrow on the LMFM app or on LMFM.ie powered by TalkSport. 12.30 Aston Villa Arsenal. 3 o'clock, Nottingham Forest, Manchester City and at half past five, it's Newcastle against Liverpool. That's Premier League Live with Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. And there's a big game in Terman Feckin this weekend, a big soccer match. Yes, there is indeed. Best of luck to Niall Walsh, who's the coach, and the under-18s of Terman Feckin Celtic, who face Navins Park Villa in the quarter-final of the FAI National Youth Cup. The match takes place in Terman Feckin on Sunday at 12.30. So if you're around lunch hour, good down and give them a shout. It's a big local derby there. Best wishes to Terman Feckin Celtic and may the best team win on Sunday. It's pantomime time in Kells. John Grant is on the line. Hi, John. Jerry, how are you? How are things? Great to have a chat with you. And you too, a young man. How many years is it now, John? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say exactly young at this point, but this is our 46th panto. Wow, that is so some record. 47, only yeah. over quarters for one of the years. So. Yes, yeah, so but look at so don't so worry about that. 46 not out, we'll say, John. Yeah, no, no, no. Anyway, this year you're going back to a classic. Yes, back to a classic after doing all the real modern um, shows, or, or not modern shows, but all the modern fairy tales that came out, like Toy Story and all that. Yeah. So we're going back to Red Riding Hood, yeah, back to basics. <laughs> <laughs> back to basics. Yeah, and yeah. John, you know when, you know, that would have been done in the past. You obviously updated, refreshed, that's a big job involved. In- yeah, yeah, you know, jokes that were there. 20 years ago, you know, you had to dump them out and modernise the whole thing, modernise the story a little bit as well, keep all the good bits and 
put in fresh new bits in there to um, cater for today's. Yes. And you opened this evening? Yes, we have our opening night tonight. And uh, so, so looking forward to it. We we actually performed last Thursday night for the Navin Arts Club and a few... Mm. um, groups like that and they, it went down the bomb and they were so happy and delighted so it was a bit surreal then to go back to you know rehearsing for three rehearsals before the opening night so, so there's no excuse tonight and we've a packed house in tonight so we're, we're just raring to go Jerry, raring to go Great and stuff and you run from tonight until when John? Uh, well it's over two weekends yes. so we've got tonight uh, tomorrow uh, the afternoon tomorrow, tomorrow night so, uh, Saturday and then Sunday afternoon and the same the following weekend, and the four matinees are actually booked out. So there's only the night performances left, So which is fantastic to see. You know? That is a great tribute yeah. to you, and wonderful encouragement for everybody as well. But there's still a few tickets available for the uh, night shows. Where oh, where yeah. can people book, or where do you get the tickets, John? Well, the, book, the book in Kells Theatre, and the phone number, of course, is 87 Seven one zero one six seven one. That's the uh, phone number uh, for the bo- uh, box office in the theatre in Kells. And who are your leading uh, personnel in the uh, performance this year? Who uh, yeah, give us a few names? We've got a few new faces as well. Well, we have uh, Kira McKenna, who's playing Red Red Riding Hood, a beautiful little singer and a great little actress. And uh, just myself, I'm back on stage this year playing the granny. I'm <laughs> doing the same, yeah, yeah. And then we Shane Dennis, uh, Boy Blue, and then we we have uh, Crystal O'Doherty, who's the real baddie black ice, she's oh. the king, queen. And then we have Kira O'Neill, who's great fairy selfie, and what she does is um, she saves everybody, but she also takes selfies with the audience, which is a new thing. Yes. So I had that special part written in for her, and. Um, so uh, she takes about three times uh, throughout the show. So there's no shortage of photographs going to be uh, up there. And then with Pat Bourne is playing the wolf. And um, so we, you know, we have um, Phil Bowden played Lord Looney, who's after the rent and ends up courting the dame and all of that. And with great comedians in Slap and Tickle with Katie Ford and a brilliant Stephen Stafford. And then we got Naughty Nora, who is Louise Rogers, who she's all recycling the planet and driving everyone mad. And of course, then, and, and unusually enough, I have Inspector Gadget, uh, who's Barbara O'Neill, is chasing Goldilocks, who, who ran amok in several cottages, and she's trying to apprehend her or bring her to justice. <laughs> and that's uh, Paige, Paige Lodi. Oh, fantastic. What a lineup, John. And the whole support cast as well. Be, we haven't time to name them all, but everybody who's involved are giving it their all and playing. Every person is vital to the delivery of a wonderful Absolutely. performance. And, so, and course, um, yeah, and uh, the wonderful costumes made by Linda Sheridan and the great people we have on sound and stewarding and front yes. of the house and all the stage crew. You know it yourself, Jerry. Without them, Absolutely. We, we just wouldn't be able to have a show. No, you and wouldn't. All, all the children, would you believe it? Mm. 70 children in the show. Now, they're not all the one night. Nice. Terrific. So two groups, 70 yeah. kids in the Ah, oh, John. They all dance so yeah, you're to look after everyone. You're yeah. developing the children for the future. I want to give the number again: oh eight seven seven one zero one six seven one is the box office. That's zero eight seven seven one zero one six seven one for tickets. They're going fast. Don't cry if you don't get them. It's on this weekend and next in Kells Theatre. And John, I want to wish you all the very best and everybody involved.
Thank you so much, Jerry. Appreciate the chat. Thank Not you at all. Much. Take care of yourself, John. Take care. Wonderful guy and the best granny in pantomime in Ireland, John Grant. Get along to see him in Kel. Jerry McNally's been on to me. Hello, Jerry, to say I was christened Jared, but when I went to primary school, I got the nickname Jess. I don't know how or why. When I went to work at 17, I was called Jerry again, which made more sense. I don't get called Jess much nowadays, only when I meet old primary school friends. Thank God. Lovely to hear from you, Jerry, and thanks indeed for that message. Now, earlier in the week, absolute shock, and I was in shock, and everybody that knew her, Deirdre Purcell, passed away suddenly and was laid to rest yesterday. And she joined us a number of times on late lunch because she lived locally as well, and it was handy to pop in. And my God almighty, we've lost a very good friend, but another good friend, a real good friend of ours on late lunch, and a wonderful friend to Deirdre Purcell joins me now. Patricia Scanlon, good afternoon. Hello, Jerry. How are you? Ah, Patricia, we're all heartbroken, and I'm sure you're more heartbroken than most. You were at the uh, the funeral service yesterday, Patricia. I was, Jerry. I I just can't believe it, you know, because like she was with me a couple of weeks ago, and we were making plans uh, for her to come down to Wicklow. You know, we have the mobile, the, the caravan, mm. and uh, Deirdre loved shopping, and she loved knickknacks. And there's a shop in Red Cross called the Latin Quarter. And I said, I have a place to bring you. You'll have your Christmas shopping done for five years. <laughs> and she was laughing. And, uh, you know, I, when, when uh, Adrian let me know on, on Monday, that's her son, I, I'm i still in shock. I, I can't believe that we're saying Deirdre was, mm. you know. Mm. And it, it was a lovely funeral packed. The church was packed, of course. And from all... Uh, uh, all of her tribes, her writing tribe, her RTE tribe, her journalist tribe, her friends, you know, it was just such a broad selection in the church. And with one common denominator, they all loved Deirdre. Mm. And the, the poignancy of her husband mentioning that he had the Valentine card I know, for her. I know, that made me cry. Mm. Um, yeah, because I went to the funeral parlour the, the night before and he... He's just shattered. He was so shattered. So, well, fuck, you know, when somebody so vibrant and the love of your life goes, mm. like, mm. Um, 43 years they were together, he told me. And actually, the day of her wedding, she came over to my, this is typical of Deirdre, she came over to my garden to get fresh roses for her bouquet. I said, Deirdre, only you could be getting your bouquet fixed on the morning of your <laughs> wedding. And <laughs> she wanted fresh flowers. Oh. She she was just so exuberant and full of life and and such a great friend. You know when when Deirdre took you under her wing, like uh, you were you were well minded and well befriended. Yes, and and you know Patricia, it 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 brings home to all of us the fragility of life in that as you say she was with you she was making plans even they they at home she was planning looking ahead to the yeah. year ahead and beyond. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, I met uh, Marion Fanukin's husband at the the, um, the funeral yesterday, and he was saying, you have to live life to the full, and that's my motto, he said. Mm. And it's true, because one day you're walking, head up, making your plans, and the next day you're gone. And I think it's really important, too, as well, to tell people that you love them, um, and, you know, how much they mean to you. Um, and just even the little things, you know, the yes. kindnesses. Yes. Um, I think that's important because, 
you know, we all go along thinking that we're kind of invincible, don't we? Mm, we do, Patricia, and that's uh, and I suppose it's the the nature of the beast, the human being. You know what I mean? That the the race runs on. But you're right. Uh, every single day is precious. I had Pat Milani on the show with me yesterday retiring. He's been 54 years working in retail and he said the very same. That's the way he lives his life now. He just lives for the moment, lives for the yeah. day and yeah. doesn't look yeah. back or forward. And, and enjoy it, the small things, Jerry. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, like the crocuses are up. The hyacinth, the scent of a hyacinth. Just small little things like that that people don't have time for anymore, you know. Mm. Um, it's It's the little things as well rather than the whole big kind of uh, broad picture. Yes. The little things are important and, and Deirdre was very good at the little things mm. and um, you know she was very observant, very uh, she was great like to have a discussion with. Uh, sometimes I'd agree with her, sometimes I wouldn't but I just loved listening to her talking as well because she had that most beautiful voice. Yes. Uh, will will we listen? We will, will we listen to her? Let's have a listen to her because I want to uh, listen back. Last time she was here with us on late lunch was December twenty eighteen, and just I've a couple little extracts from that interview. Let's listen to the first one, Patricia. Here she is talking about her style and creativity. I don't actually quite know, but um, everyone is different. I'll only cite what my father used to say about me, which was, "If Deirdre tells you anything." Cut it in half. Yes, a tendency to uh, dramatise and and that came from the acting as well. My difficulty in writing fiction is not ideas. My difficulty is weaning them and finding finding ideas to write about. I have no shortage of ideas. I'm teeming with ideas. But it's the difficulty in finding something that'll work as a novel. Oh, Patricia, when you listen to our voice there. Yeah, because that caught me because I thought like it's in my ear. I thought you were just talking to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that it's so real and yeah, so yeah. surreal as well at the same time. But you knew her more than most. She was a, a, a creative fountain, wasn't she? She had loads of ideas. She had loads of ideas. But what I loved was when we used to go on holidays together because the two of us used to be tired. We were tired women because we were very busy women. And uh, she was so easy to be with. And uh, we'd go over to Spain and... Uh, dump the luggage and go down to our lovely little restaurant and even just look across. You could see uh, the High Atlas Mountains um, across the Mediterranean and just even that would relax us. And we would, it would just the stress would melt away and we were um, very much elbows on the table kind of gals and uh, we'd have a lunch every day. We'd go down there sundresses but anyway we'd say yeah we're definitely going out for dinner now one night because Kevin would be horrified. Because Kevin was great for going out for dinner. So on our last day of the last holiday, we we decided, yes, we'd go out for dinner. But it wasn't a very nice day. So she wrapped herself up uh, in in, uh, a blanket and went out on the balcony. I had the the bedroom doors open. I was lying on a bed and we were reading all day. Because it was the only time we got to ever read, um, you know, for hours and hours. What a luxury that was. Mm. And uh, anyway, then I said, well, I suppose we better get dressed to go for dinner. And she said, do you want to go for dinner? I said, do you? And we looked at each other and we started laughing. And she said, I'll go out and see what's left in the fridge. (laughs) We had fried eggs and beans. (laughs) (laughs) Good on you. Even we were laughing. And she was saying, if Kevin could see us. But we'd had such a perfect, lazy day, you know. Yes, yes. And often, 
we'd be doing events together um, and we'd be all dressed up to the nines and uh, uh, then people would be saying, oh, will you come to dinner? Will you, you know, will you come and have a drink? And we'd say, no, 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 we're grand. And uh, we'd, we'd leg it and we'd go to the nearest chipper and have a chippy. Mm, that, but it just shows you, that's uh, the, the, the common touch, the lovely touch, the same as everybody. And I do want to mention Patricia at this stage, because it is very important. She was patron of St. Peter's Male Voice Choir, the wonderful St. Peter's Male Voice Choir in Drogheda. Deirdre was the patron and they paid a lovely tribute to her this week and I'm sure they will be in song down the road and they're going to miss her greatly. She was, I compare the concerts for them and she'd always be there, you know, sitting so proud and I remember one night I'll say this Patricia I mentioned her and you know she just wilted she didn't want to be you know uh, mentioned at all you know what I'm talking about yes I know she, yeah and, and the thing was we'd, you know we'd be going to something and, I'd, and Deirdre then we'd, we'd get to the, the place where the event was and the head would go back up and the shoulders would go back and she'd take a deep breath and in would walk Deirdre Purcell the performer, the journalist, mm. the the public person. Yes. You know? Yeah. Ah, she was just lovely. Here, I have another little bit from that interview in 2018. And here, in this one, she's talking about writing and what it takes to be a successful writer. Everyone's life is worth a book, but not everyone can write it. There is a certain amount of talent that you need, but there's also a lot of luck involved to being in the right place, the right place. The advice is the same as Maeve Binchy always gave. Sit down, get your arse in the chair and just do it. Stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. The hardest thing is to start. But once you've started, I'm committed. I mess around for days and weeks and months before I start because I have too many choices. Once the choice is made, even if it's going to, you're going to scrap it, even if the start is terrible, keep going go back and, and change it. Get your arse in the chair, Patricia. What? Absolutely it. Mm. Um, we were like, uh, similar like that about getting to start books. My mother used to say to me, you're like a clucking hen. Will you sit down and write that mm. book? And she'd be the same as I have to start. And I'd be saying, yes, I have to start. And then once, once you start, as she said, you were committed. And I mean, Deirdre was very focused. And... Um, of course, you had a deadline, which was always a help as well. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, her characters, she had a tendency to go wild. Uh, and I'd have to say, Deirdre, it's time to rope them in. You're in charge. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'd be talking about our progress. Yes. You know, but we had different ways of writing. Of course. Um, but in the end, hers suited hers, her books and mine suited mine. Mm. Oh, it's hard to believe we're talking about her, isn't it again, Patricia? When you say it was, past tense. Then when I heard her voice, you you know, because I just cannot believe it, Jerry. Mm. Oh, terrible! She's she was a great and like thirty-two years we knew each other. And when you say she even went to your garden on the day of a wedding to get the flowers, it just shows you how close you are in those holidays and, you know, exchanging thoughts and ideas as well. You're going to miss her, shocking. Yeah, like we knew the ups and downs of each other and the ins and outs of each other and we were easy with each other. You know, we never had to put on the facade in front of each other. We were were Deirdre and and Tricia. Mm. You know, indeed, and you were, and you always will be. Listen, Patricia, I'm going to leave it there today. I thank you. I know it's a very tough day for you, and I thank you for joining me again. And well, we want I'd to, to join you, Jerry, because you're in her neck of the woods, yes. and because you're you, Jerry, you're such a lovely man. 
Oh, thank and you. she always thought that of you as well. Oh, thank you so we much. We couldn't be wrong, sure we couldn't. Ah, oh, Lord. There you go. Anyway, look, we'll see you, please, God, yourself sometime soon. Take yeah. care of yourself, mind yourself. And I want to say again in finishing that we extend from LMFM Radio our sympathies to Deirdre's husband, uh, sons and family and all her friends. She is a huge loss, but she's left great memories and great uh, works as well to uh, read into the future. Thank you, Patricia Scanlon. God bless, Jerry. God bless you. Take care of yourself. The wonderful Patricia Scanlon there, one of the most brilliant Irish writers of all time, remembering her friend, Deirdre Parcel on Late Lunch. Let's have another listen to our TV theme. It's not Last of the Summer Wine. It's not Murder, she wrote. It is Faulty Towers. I told you it's in the news at the moment because they're talking about remaking it. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Anyway, thank you to everybody. Loads of people got it right, of course. Brian McConnell, the prize is yours today in Ashburn. Thank you, Brian, for entering and everybody else. Enjoy. You'll receive it in the post during the week. Now it's time for this on Late Lunch. Five, four, three, two... Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... Well, today it's the number one. It's my number one because this is my week of love songs being Valentine's week. And I'm signing off with this one today. And, you know, it wasn't an easy choice. And I suppose I could pick another five love songs and a different five and many of them. But I narrowed it down this week. And so at number one, well, this song goes back to 1975. It was the group's second number one single. It reached number two in the USA, but it was a huge number one on the UK charts. And it's special to me. It really is. Yes, my number one love song this Valentine's week comes from 10cc. I'm not in love So don't forget it It's just a silly phase I'm going through And just because I call you up Don't get me wrong Number one in my top five love songs this Valentine's week, 10cc and I'm not in love. One of the greatest ballads ballads ever written, it has to be said, and was written by Eric Stewart and Graeme Gouldman from 10cc. And people often wonder about that whispered voice in the middle. Who is that? Did she sing with the band? Not at all. She was the secretary and she stuck her head into the recording studio and they said... That's it. That's the voice we want. And hers is the voice. Cathy Redfern on that classic track. Number one, huge number one for 10C and an all-time classic. Bringing the curtain down on my top five love songs this Valentine's week. David Sheehan is our presenter of Sunday Sport and more besides here on LMFM Radio. We have a busy weekend ahead, David. Let's start with the League of Ireland tonight and it all begins again. Two local sides in action, Dundalk and Drogheda, both in the Premier 
division again this year. Dundalk against UCD. Home win, David? Should be a home win, Jerry. Yeah, um, good to talk to you again. It should be a home win. Uh, UCD, most people's, people's favourites to finish rock bottom of the division, but we've, see, we've said that before with them and it doesn't always work out that way. But yeah, certainly Dundalk, you'd imagine, should win that one. It's probably an ideal start for them at home against the, against the UCD side, as I say, that most people will fancy to struggle. A uh, few new signings in, Louis Annesley, Hayden Muller, Connor Malley, Cammy Elliott, who will be maybe the guy that they'll be looking to most because Pat Hooban obviously has had his injury issues. He's such a key player for them, Pat Hooban, but Cameron Elliott coming in as a striker and he'll be uh, presumably back up to, to Pat Hooban, but he could be a key player because if Pat Hooban suffers any injuries, they're going to need somebody to pick up the slack in terms of getting the goals. But yeah, certainly I expect Dundalk to get off to a winning start tonight. Where do you expect them to end up come season end? Will they challenge for the title? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Rovers and Derry will be will be out on their own again. Um, and, you know, you look at what St. Pat's have done themselves and, and Dundalk were vying for that third spot last year and St. Pat's have done some some good business in the off-season. So I think I think Dundalk finishing third again would be would be a very successful season for them. Um, and I think Pat's will be, will, be, will be stronger this year. So it's going to be a right scrap for that third spot, but I, I can't see them challenging Rovers or Derry. Now, Drogheda travelled to Shelburne this evening and they've had a lot of comings and goings as well. They're a young squad, basically, with a few experienced heads in there. They're certainly tipped to be second last or perhaps last this year. Is that fair? I think anyone who's looking at the, the table and the season this year it would say that if Drogheda were to finish eighth, it would be a really, really good season for them as they did last year. Like you said there, They've they've had to wheel and deal, I suppose, a lot in the last couple of seasons. And um, Kevin Doherty did a really good job last year to keep them out of that bottom two for the whole season. They were seventh or eighth all year, so they did really well. They've lost, you know, they've lost their top scorer, joint top scorer in the league last year. Anyway, um, in the shape of Dean Williams, they've lost Andrew Quinn to Shelburne, who'll be playing tonight, presumably. So they've lost a, a good few players, some some of whom they wouldn't have been too too bothered, probably bothered about keeping. But they have lost a few players that they probably would have liked to have kept. But they've held on to the likes of Gary Deegan and Dara Markey, and Dara Markey in particular is a really key player for them. They brought in the likes of Sean Brennan, who I've seen a good bit of with UCD, a tidy player. Ben Curtis, a youngster, youngster from St. Pat's. Emmanuel Adeboyega from Dundalk, who's a highly rated player as well. And then the two guys in from, from Lincoln City, as they did last year. Freddie Draper is a striker. And Alicia Huey is a, a defender. So, you know, if anything, if, if the past experience is anything to go by in terms of what Kevin Doherty and Dara Doyle have been able to do in terms of bringing players in, I think they will definitely be competitive. The key thing for Drogheda is where the goals are going to come from and is that squad strong enough to sustain them throughout the season because they faded badly towards the end of last year and, you know, that would be the key for them. But I'd back them to be pretty competitive to start the season well, but it's it's going to be difficult to know how they're going to finish because so many new players in and betting them down and getting the system right and everything else is going to take time. But, I do think they'll be competitive and I wouldn't be writing them off just yet, but let's see. And they have a tiny budget too. Tonight, uh, can they get anything at Shelburne? Oh, I think so. I think Shelburne, like Shelburne have brought in a few players, but nobody that you'd be looking at and thinking that they're going to blow you away. I mean, they were... They, they had their troubles against Shelburne last year. I mean, they lost at home to them. They lost 6-0 towards the end of the season, but they were safe at that stage. But they had that really good win against them at uh, United Park, 3-1 win that time where there was a few uh, words exchanged between Damien Duff and Kevin Doherty. But I, I'd expect them to be competitive tonight. Um, it's it's a tough one to call first game of the season. Maybe Shell's slight favourites, but I, I'll be very interested to see how Drogheda get on and how they perform. And both games online here on lmfme.ie this evening. Now, the Premier League, the Arsenal bubble is burst, David. Well, certainly some of the air has gone out of it all right in the last few weeks. Eight points from 18 they've taken, which is a really incredible drop-off in form 
away to Villa at, at the weekend tomorrow, half 12. I see Mikel Arteta was, was asking questions about the scheduling, given that they only played on Wednesday and they're out again on, on Sunday or Saturday afternoon, I should say, early. But yeah, they're going to need to stop the rot pretty quickly and they're going to need to get a win there. Villa 11th, um, you know, Arsenal is still in second place and still in their own hands. We wouldn't be getting too too despondent about it, but they they really do need to get a win there. They, they were beaten by Everton, they drew with Brentford, they lost against City. Uh, just from the confidence side of things, if nothing else, they, they'd want to get a win there because, you know, it's it's at the moment at least it's it's kind of inconceivable they'd fall out of the top four. But with the way Manchester United and Newcastle are going, you just never know. So, mm. um, yeah, they just need to get a win there by hook or by crook. An old dirty 1-0 to the Arsenal on, on Saturday would, would be just fine from Mikel Arteta's point of view. They they really need to get a win there. I I think they will, but I don't think it'll be easy. Up against Unai Emery as well, of course, we can yes. forget that. So. So yeah, like they have to, they have to win that game just to just to calm things down a little bit. So let's let's from our point of view, Jerry, let's hope they do that. <laughs> they need the win for sure. City to win at Forest. If you look at the title race, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, well, Forest's Forest form has picked up. They've taken eleven points in their last six games, so they've definitely turned the corner. And um, still, though, you'd, yeah, you'd have to fancy City. You couldn't really, in any seriousness, put any money on Forest to win that one. But I think they will. They'll make it difficult for City. But you'd fancy certainly Manchester City to take all three points of the City ground there. Yeah, Man U Leicester is a, a tasty one. Leicester certainly picking up in form. No Casemiro for United. I think it's the last match of a suspension. What about this one? Yeah, they've picked up their form in, in recent weeks, Leicester. They've they've taken what is it uh, seven points in their last three three games, um, and the last two were four two wins over Villa and a four one win at Spurs the last day. So definitely picking up their form. I think I think Leicester will get a point out of this one. I'd, I'd fancy Brandon Rodgers to, to to set them up well enough, and I think they'll they'll be a, they'll be a threat on the break, and I think they might just get a point out of that one. What a game of yesteryear, Everton leads not anymore. It's a relegation scrap. Who'll win that one? Because it's a huge one. Whoever loses, well, sinking deeper into the mire. Yeah, two two uh, two huge uh, teams, the huge names in English football. Uh, I think Everton will get a, a sneaky win in that one. It's very hard to say. They're both in woeful form. Everton four points from eighteen, Leeds three points from eighteen, uh, Leeds without a manager still. Um, I suppose a smart money be on a draw, but I think Everton might just might just sneak that one. But it's going to be tight. The dice factor. Let's move to GAA and both the men and women from Meath and Loud in action this weekend. Let's start off with the boys and tomorrow Derry uh, entertain Meath at five o'clock. That's a big another big ask of Meath, but they've uh, met all challenges so far. Yeah, two from two, but this is going to be a much different challenge for me than they faced so far. They played Cork the first day and, and a very open game. Cork, what was it, 3-14 or whoever that Mead scored in that game and, and conceded 19 points that, on that occasion as well. So definitely a different sort of game. They got the three early goals against Clare and that was a sort of a funny game. They, they nearly took the foot off the pedal a little bit after that and the, the kind of... Um, the air went out of the performance of Smallwood, but they got the win. Um, Derry two from two, just about got past Louth the last day, so... Definitely a tricky one for for me up in Owen Beg. The last time I was up in Owen Beg was Mick O'Dowd's last game in the Championship many years ago. But certainly it's going to be a different sort of a test for me. And it's going to be really interesting to see how they they cope with this defensive setup that Derry will bring because the, the long direct ball mightn't always work. It'll work at some on some occasions, but they're going to have to tweak their their style of play a little bit. And I'll be really interested to see how they how they perform in that one. Um, wouldn't be the end of the world if they didn't win it, but I think people will want to see how they cope against a, a definite. Uh, improvement in standard of opposition in that game but um, I think Meath will be really competitive in that game and Derry might just edge it but I'd be hoping it's going to be tight Loud entertain Limerick in RD Sunday 2 o'clock and really from a Loud perspective it's win or bust It absolutely is that's exactly what I have written down here Jerry. must win for Loud because you look at the 
the games they've got left, Dublin, Mead, Cork and Kildare, now they're all really tough games. Um, so if they're going to have any chance of staying up, you're going to need to be getting four points a- a- anyway, at the very least, and hoping hoping that's enough for you. So Limerick, the, t- the side that they beat last year, the side that actually they, they won against Limerick down there, and that was the game that really kick-started their mm. season, uh, when it looked like they weren't going to have any chance of getting a promotion, and they, they pulled it out of the bag. And I remember poor Colin Corrigan was nearly blown out of it with, with sleet and snow and everything, but they got the win. Uh, so they have to win that game. It's as simple as that. They absolutely have to win it. I think they will. Uh, Limerick have lost two out of two so far. Loud, very competitive. Uh, unlucky to lose against Clare. Really threw that one away. And then quite unlucky to lose against Derry the last day as well and put in a really good performance. So I do think they will win that game. But as you say, they abs- there's no two ways about it. They have to win that game on Sunday. They have to. Also, uh, the weekend, Saturday 1st, Division 1 uh, in the uh, Ladies National League. Mead take on Mayo. That's right, yeah, and uh, Mead's good win. Uh, they were beaten by Dublin the first day, but they beat Donegal, and then they drew against Galway the last day in a, in a close game, and having a late free for Galway, levelling things up from there. So Mayo, though, have lost three out of three. So, like, in short, uh, I know time is against us. In short, Mead should be winning that one at home in Park Talton in front of what's going to be another big crowd, Mead to win that one. And Louth going so well in Division 3. They travel to Kildare Sunday, 2 o'clock. Yeah, t- but joint top of the table. Kildare just just edging it at the minute on scoring difference. I spoke to the Louth manager, Kate Henry, uh, last weekend on Sunday Sport, and he was very happy with how things are going so far. Um, you know, the championship is obviously the focus, but the league as well, if they could get promotion, it would be a big deal for them. Uh, Kildare, obviously the toughest game they've faced so far down in Hawkfield. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be really tight. It's going to be a really tough one to call. Um, I think Kildare might just edge that one, but it's going to be a real barometer of where Louth are at because... You know they've they've won reason. Okay, they were pushed to the pin of their collar against Sligo the last day when they were looked like they were out of sight at half time, but they got got reeled back in. But this is going to be a real step up mm. for them, and how they how they perform against Kildare will be a real barometer of where they're at. You know, so um, yeah, I think I think Kildare might just edge that one, but it, it should be a tight one. And for Loud's point of view, they'll want to be putting in a really good performance and, and hoping to come away with the win, which would be a huge boost for them if they wanted to get promotion. All tight games this weekend. Do join us for an extended edition of Saturday Sport and Sunday Sport here on LMFM Radio. David, as usual, have a good week. Thanks for joining us. Take care. That's David Sheehan there, presenter of Sunday Sport. That's it on Late Lunch for another week. Big thank you to all my guests who joined us during the week. To you, our listeners who are with us every day. Love your company. And especially to my producer, Louise Walsh. Couldn't do this without her. Thanks a million, Louise. We'll be back on Monday with a brand new week of Late Lunch. Take care of the weekend. Eddie Caffrey is on his way here on LMFM Radio. See you then. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.